Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clean. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Welcome, everyone, to episode 198 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we are going to discuss the all-star starters that were announced last night. We're also going to discuss the implications of Victor Oladipo's season-ending injury, and we're going to try to find Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol new homes. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? I told you Harden would score 60 in the garden. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, that was, as you said yesterday, that was not exactly a bold prediction, because the Knicks are terrible, but... <laughs> I'm just mad if if Harden if the Sixers hadn't blown out the Rockets, Harden also would have hung sixty on them. I'm mad yeah. that that prediction was right just for the wrong reasons. I'm just mad that I didn't put money on it. Uh, yeah, I, I went. I wonder if there were like a betting. There must have been, right? There's probably some. Oh yeah, yeah. Like no, there's a betting under. service here in Denmark. Oh where, really? Yeah, where you can do that, like where there's something over under. Uh huh. Yeah, oh, I should yeah. just take, I should just take the over with Harden like the next fourteen Every, days. Yeah, yeah, at least until Chris Paul returns. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, speaking of James Harden, he was named one of the All Star starters last night, surprising everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we we nailed most of the picks. All the guys we said were locks last episode wound up being locks. Steph Curry and Harden, the Western Conference backcourt. Kevin Durant was one of the locks in the Western Conference front court, and East Kyrie Irving we said was a lock. He indeed was, and then the Eastern front court Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Kawhi Leonard we all said were locks. Turned out we were right. So we we said there were three spots really up for grabs: the two Western Conference front court and one Eastern Conference back court. The guys that got voted in in the West were LeBron James and Paul George, and then in the East Kemba Walker next to Kyrie Irving. Mm. Which of those three were the biggest surprise for you, Mort? I don't think any one of those were a surprise directly. I mean, I mean, I get it. LeBron yeah. is LeBron, like we talked about. Right. I, I was just going for the full entertainment angle instead. Yeah. And, like, Paul George, we discussed him as well. Like, he was obviously a candidate, and, and deservingly so was a starter. So I wasn't surprised at anyone. I think I was I was at on Twitter when the announcements came out, like the one part where I did raise my eyebrows a little bit was Kemba, but not yeah. in a, what the hell? 
like more in a oh okay they went that route because you effectively had three candidates right you had Kemba Ben Simmons and Bradley Beal right and I kind of thought Ben Simmons who's become such a name brand player that that was the guy they were going with but mm-hmm. I mean nope it wasn't and that's that's perfectly fine Kemba is awesome so yeah. yeah everything seems to be on the up and up I'm LeBron getting to be a captain again is wow. That's just the votes. Yeah, because it is. And that's only because, you know, Steph and KD kind of split votes a little bit, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, you know, it's LeBron as a Laker. There was no way if he was not voted a starter that he would be a captain. I mean, neither you or I had him as a starter, not because he's not deserving, but because he's missed a month with this groin injury. But... He was number one across the board, player rank, fan rank, and media rank. So that shows what we know. Uh, I mean, we we said, you know, Western Conference front court was, there were three spots for five guys, LeBron, KD, George, uh, Anthony, and uh, Anthony Davis, and then, not Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, and uh, Nikola Jokic. I, so it, it looks like it literally just came down to the tiebreaker for Davis and Paul George. They they had the yeah. exact same weighted score, and then it came down to the, who had the higher fan rank, and that was Paul George. Which, hey, New Orleans, <laughs> if you're trying to keep Anthony Davis in town for more than one more season, maybe vote for him a little bit more. To Wait, what are you All-Star. talking about? Their 37 fans probably did vote. <laughs> yeah, they, they constituted all 2.5 million votes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he, I mean, just, just regarding AD, how much of this do you think you know, not having a a terrific record came into this. I mean, he was above Paul George in both the player and the media rank. It was literally just because Paul George got more fan votes. Hmm. So that's nothing. Not, yeah, yeah. It, it's not. It's not a great look. For no, it's not. No, it's and and really like, he's so entertaining and he is so dominating. Like right. so so, or what are we looking at? The fan base actually thinking that. There should be a putter that a bigger emphasis on winning should be put on it. I I don't know. I mean, because like, yeah. I mean, I guess that's possible. Or just like OKC fans are just more engaged in general than Pelicans fans. Like, you know, I voted a couple times throughout this process, and I put both of those guys every time. So I I didn't help one or the other either way. I thought they were both deserving, but I, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, we're looking at a guy who's averaging basically 30 and 13. Yeah. Not becoming an all-star starter. Right. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well. I agree with you that the biggest surprise of the night, because, like, we said the other day that, like, any of those five guys, as long as those five guys were the ones, we had no beef with any of them. Um, I would agree that Kemba was the biggest surprise to me, not only because... I mean, he was third in the fan vote behind Kyrie and Dwayne Wade because we can't have an all-star game without some weird fan voting. But he was mm-hmm. second in both the player and the media rank, too. That that surprised me. Well, I mean, Kempe's well-liked. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess part of it is, like, for the player rank, I wonder, because, like, the players had Dwayne Wade sixth, which, right. you know, we... We've seen time and again that the players don't take this all that seriously. Right. Um, but I wonder if it comes down to, like, 
who they think is just the hardest to guard. Like oh, oh for sure. Like Ben Simmons being fifth of the player ranks surprised me. Because he was what too low or too high? Too low. Oh come on now. I mean, he was below Oladipo, who has been terrible for a month. Yeah, but if you just said hardest to guard, right? I know that's what I, that's what I'm wondering. Like if it comes down to like. These players are like, oh, Kyrie's the best guard in the East because he's, like, the most unguardable player. Like, oh, Kemba Walker can hang 40 on me any night. Whereas Ben Simmons, they're probably like, oh, all he does is, like, run the floor and transition to pass to Joel Embiid. He's yeah, not actually I, I, that good. I mean, look, we still have that picture somewhere of the entire Charlotte Hornets team not <laughs> looking at Ben Simmons outside the arc with the ball in his hand. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that's partly why. Also, I think from, you know... We've read a lot about Kemba over the years, and everything we've read just makes Kemba look and sound like an, a good dude. Yeah. Like I think that carries into it as well. Like yeah. Kemba is just a high quality person. Mm-hmm. And here's another thing: like a lot of players respect the crossover a lot. Like yep. the one guy who can just you know put a string on the ball. Mm-hmm. Kemba can do that, and I think that helped a little bit. Yeah. I mean, also, it's possible that, like, the games in Charlotte, maybe that weighed into the thinking here. It was just, like, let's give the hometown guy, like, give him oh, yeah, a sure. starting nod, which is that, cool. Like, Definitely. It's, it's yep. going to be a very cool experience for him. I'm, like, I, I'm genuinely very happy for him. Like, he, sure. he deserves it. You know, I, I guess, like, because team success usually plays in, I'm surprised that he, like, he was that resoundingly the mm. other pick there because like i mean charlotte's fine they're gonna make the playoffs probably but they're below 500 right now yeah ad so. is like what <laughs> i know <laughs> exactly yeah it's like i need to move to the east who's, mm-hmm. who's got room for me boston i'm coming you know what that's that's an idea for it for an, a whole new episode by the way because you know you, you and i have talked about at length you know the eastern conference yeah and but have you noticed how many, you know, great draft picks end up west, even though the teams are stacked? Because they are, they have to be in the lottery because they don't make the playoffs, so they right. can have like almost winning records, and then they can still end up with a lottery pick. Yeah. Like, just look at this year: Luka Doncic, DeAndre Ayton, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Those three yep. ended up on Western Conference teams. <laughs> yeah. Right. The three best prospects in this year's draft all went west. Yeah. So. I mean, there, there's something to talk about there. Like, I could totally see at some point some star actually looking at these going, you know, I, I actually don't care about the reasoning. I just need to go east. I'm Like, that's kind of why I'm surprised this Kawhi to the Clippers thing is still happening. Because, like, why would you not just stay in Toronto where you could, like, beat up on a... I mean, there are five good teams in the east. Well, Kawhi is a special case, man. I yeah. mean, this dude does not think like anyone else, which is fine. But, I mean, we, we've come to learn that his motivation is not the motivation of others necessarily. Right. It's Uncle Dennis wants to go yeah. to L.A., so he's got to go to More L.A. Or less. Uncle Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but, but it's a good point. Like, back in the day, Lamarcus Aldridge decided to sign with San Antonio off yeah. of Portland. Like, he could have gone east. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens with KD. Maybe he's going to go to the Knicks and swing the balance. Maybe. I have a theory, which is, you know, Eastern Conference teams are just not that well run. I I don't think that's a controversial take at all. Yeah. I think a lot of the, if you look at the teams, especially the bad ones this year, the three worst teams in the East, 
What do they have in common? Yeah. Horrible ownership and even worse management. Yeah. Correct. And the magic are right there, too. Yeah. Like, it's not... I, I think if you look at a lot of perpetually poorly run teams, there is one thing in common. It is bad ownership and then bad leadership, and it trickles down. And it kind of fits, because when you look at the worst team in the West, it's also poorly it's, run organization. The <laughs> correct. Yeah. With so, a terrible owner. Yeah. So it's Phoenix and a bunch of Eastern teams. There yeah. we go. Yeah. We solved the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to give our all-star reserve picks next week. We were going right. to today, but then there is actual news that we did to talk about. So uh, mm. before they get announced uh, next Thursday, we'll give our picks early next week. So you'll have those to make fun of when they're all wrong. Let's change gears, though. and we have People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Some really sad news. Uh, Victor Oladipo on Wednesday night against the Raptors, went up to like block a shot of Pascal Siakam's, came down very wrongly on his knee and immediately knew something was wrong. They came and like covered him up, stretched him off the court. Woj quickly reported they feared it was a season-ending injury. And then on Thursday, we got the confirmation that we did not want to hear. He has a ruptured quadriceps tendon and is out for the season. I mean, first off, just like best wishes to Victor Oladipo. I mean, yeah. it, it just really sucks. You know, he missed 11 games earlier this year with a knee problem, came back and just wasn't quite his the same player he was at, you know, last year when he had that breakout season. But at the start of the year, he was still magnificent. His Pacers are the third best team in the East right now. It just, the whole thing sucks, man. So, mm. I mean, I really nothing but best wishes thoughts and prayers whatever you want to say i hope depot can come back strong and you know the same player he was before because his breakout's been one of the best stories in the nba for the past couple seasons it has it has it's very unfortunate i I have a question though was it the same knee so that's what i saw you know there's that one guy on twitter who was saying like he talked to someone I don't know who this guy is or, like, if he had a connection in the organization. But, like, the guy basically said Depot coming off of the knee injury in December, Mm -hmm. he needed to, like, shut it down for the year, basically. Yeah. He was just not going to be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I tried to ask my wife all this stuff, but she's on a Mickey rotation right now. And she, you know, that means she's doing 30-hour shifts. So when she comes home, she's kind of dead to the world. So <laughs> she has a day off Sunday. Maybe I could actually, she'll be somewhat awake then and I could ask. But 
Yeah, I genuinely don't know either way. No, no. It's it's either way. It's unfortunate, and you you just have to make sure that this rehab goes the right way, that he isn't rushed back. Because if so, if this was a situation where he actually did, you know, rush back because you know organizational pressure or whatever, like that's I don't know. I I'm not reporting yeah. anything. It's just like yeah. if that's the case, then that shouldn't be happening a second time around. Um, obviously, very unfortunate. You know, was averaging 23 last year, almost 19 this year, but on a bum knee. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing to say, really. I mean, Indiana is just in a very tough spot right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we we unfortunately do have to talk about the basketball ramifications of this because now Ugh, yeah. the Pacers are without their star player for the rest of the year. And, like, just I think it was last episode where we were talking about, you know, the East – it, it d- doesn't nearly have the depth of the West, but it was very top-heavy, and it had five legit teams that could make it to the conference finals. The Pacers were one of those five. Without o- Oladipo, do you still have them in that tier? With like, I think Toronto and Milwaukee are clearly the top of the East right now, mm-hmm. and then Philly, Boston, Indiana were in like a slightly lower tier. Do you think Indiana still belongs in that tier, or do they move down to like Brooklyn territory? Yeah, they moved down. They moved yeah. down. It's I mean, Oladipo was an all-star, high-quality two-way player, so they're not just going to miss his offense. They're going to miss his defense. They're going to miss his playmaking, even his rebounding, his shot-making from the outside. Like, he was their leading three-point shooter in terms of volume. So there's just so many things that they're going to miss. Um, but I will say this. Like I've seen a few reports initially going, or not reports, but ideas floated around by writers saying, hey, you know what, Tim Hardaway Jr. is available, now they need a shooting guard. Oh. Yeah, I'm just like, hold up a second, because <laughs> there's no reason to take on long-term money. Like, he's coming back. Like, right. He's not out for the next four years. Right. So, like, if you're going to do something, like, pick up someone who's on a one-year deal. Yeah. Or sign someone. I don't know if... if yeah, they can still get the injury exception, right? Or is or are we too late into the year? Um, not a hundred percent sure. Like the hardship waiver, right? Because Washington just got theirs off of the John Wall injury. I think you need four players out long term to get it, but I could be mistaken. Well, did Washington had Wall, Dwight Howard? Who else? Hmm. Or Keith? No. Mark, yeah, Marquise out for at least six weeks. Oh, or, another okay, I mean, yeah, a couple more weeks, and then probably some role player off the bench that we can't remember. All right. Well, fair enough, but I mean, it, it's definitely unfortunate. So they don't really have a whole lot of options. I mean, you could just pluck Tyree Gevinson at right. the two and just give him like forty minutes and tell him just to go <laughs> to destroy it or whatever and see what happens. Yeah. Um. And honestly, I think that might help Tyree getting the start. Like that's mm-hmm. he was accustomed to that role either way, you know, and he he hasn't really been that great coming off the bench this year. So right. that might, you know, do something, but he's not gonna be able to replace Olatipo. So yeah. they're they're gonna be short on depth and I, I don't know what the what what the right course of action is right right now because you're also looking at this from a different angle that's called, you know, Oladipo's out, so what kind of sense does it make to just go after the highest seed possible? Like, mm-hmm. even if we do make the playoffs, like, it's just, let's just punt it. Because there's just, 
there's no way we're going to move on from the right. first round. Right. And we might as well get like a middling pick instead of a very low pick. Yeah. Well, Kevin Pritchard, I know someone like tweeted at him after the injury and was like, we're just going to go tank, right? And he's like, no, we're like, we're still going to be a playoff team. But yeah. Uh, so, and I mean, they, like, Indiana is just too far ahead. They would never catch up to much, I mean, like, <laughs> what, they are 20 games ahead of the Hawks right now? Yeah, or no, sorry, yeah. they, uh, 17 games ahead of the Hawks, but, like, 20 games ahead of the Bulls, Knicks, and Caps, like that. So, I mean, they're, unfortunately, for those who want them to tank at this point, they are too good to fail. Um, I went back and looked. Because, you know, Oladipo did miss those 11 games in November and December. They did right. put Tyreek Evans into the starting lineup for those 11 games. And I wanted to just go back and look at, you know, every player's per-game stats over that span. Right. Um, Evans only played 25 minutes a game then. He averaged 10.4 points, 3.5 rebounds, 3.1 assists. He only shot 34.5% overall in that span. Yeah. So there's very clear room for improvement there um but i i just don't think unfortunately there's no easy way you're not going to like single-handedly replace what victor oladipo gave you i think it's going to be like a by committee thing i think bogdanovich is going to get more shots i think darren collison is going to have to take on a much bigger role Corey joseph's going to have to take on a bigger role off the bench doug mcdermott thad young sabonis turner like it's just the whole team has to step up in the absence of the superstar and it's possible i mean i i'm with you i i think they the pacers do move a tier down and i think unfortunately it probably does mean they're not getting out of the first round this year whereas with a healthy oladipo they could have been an eastern conference finals dark horse right that said i i I said it before like oladipo hasn't quite been since he came back he just like wasn't the same player that he was prior to the injury so, I mean, their ceiling, I think, might have been a little capped regardless. Like, he was shooting only 40.5% over his last 19 games, not including the the game where he left early against Toronto on Wednesday. So, I mean, it just, it sucks for them. I think the big thing to wonder is kind of how it affects them both, had it, you know, the trade deadline is two weeks away. But also, they have a lot of free agents this summer. Like, Thad Young's a free agent. Tyreek's a free agent. Bogdanovich is a free agent. Darren Collison's a free agent. Corey Joseph is a free agent. Kylo Quinn is a free agent. So, like, they have Oladipo, McDermott, Turner, Sabonis, and then a couple of their young guys locked up. But, like, this might have been their best shot, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree entirely. I was just looking over the numbers as well. So... Indiana is the last in the league in three pointers made and attempted, mm-hmm. and now you take yeah the the highest volume three point shooter out of the the whole lineup. Like regardless, I'm just gonna reiterate myself here, but like what are they gonna do even when they make yeah. the playoffs? Like yeah, well, teams are just gonna shrink the court. Like yeah, sure yeah. you have Bojan Bogdanovic, that's fine, but like Miles Turner is a reluctant three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Evans is coming back to earth. Doug yeah. McDermott, despite being able to hit the three at a high caliber rate, just does mm-hmm. not do it for some reason. And that has been like a career trait from him. Like, I just don't see where you get the additional punch from. 
I think if you're Indiana, your best bet is just to ugly up the game. Like, they have the second-best defense in the league right now, and you just have to lean even harder on that. But that's hmm. easier said than done. It is, and because Oladipo was a pretty big part of that as well. Right, exactly. So, I, like, that, I think that's going to be their identity for the rest of the year. But, like, unfortunately, they're playing <laughs> in an era where offenses are more juiced than ever. So... Yeah. They're going against the grain in that regard. Is this Miles Turner's coming out party, though? Like, could we look at it from that perspective? Like, maybe they just have a meeting, and they just go, you know, we we need to pivot. Yeah. And then they go to Miles, and they sit Miles down, and they go, yo, you know, Victor Victor has gone down. Yeah. Now you're in your, let me just check, fourth season, right? I think fourth. Fourth. Fourth, yeah, fourth. yeah, yeah. Fourth, yeah. You're in your fourth season. You're you're made terrific strides defensively. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to come out and, like, just we're going to feed you. We're going to give you all the shots you need, pick and pop, pick and roll, post touches, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. from here on out, you're averaging, like, 18, 22 minimum. I hope so. I mean, in he only played 10 of those 11 games that Depot was out, mm-hmm. but he averaged 13.7 points on 53.2% shooting. Nine rebounds and three point three blocks in those games. So, I hope it's a coming out. That would be a great story. I mean, that's a great yeah. way to save your season if you're Indiana, because you just gave Miles Turner a boatload of money heading into the year. I mean, if he can really break out as that like number two guy, like an all star caliber player, that gives you something to really build on heading into next season, especially mm. given all the other uncertainty with all these free agents and with Oladipo. Yeah. I, th- I think that you have to play it that way. I, yeah. I don't see the alternative. I mean, you're not going to fix this otherwise outside of Turner from within because all the rest of the guys are like in their prime. They're not going to go out and do something that's totally un- unexpected. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Yeah. So let's talk. You said you know they, they're not going to fix it internally. Let's talk about some of their external options, which is also a good way to pivot to the other big news of the week: that the Memphis Grizzlies, for the first time, will begin listening to trade offers for their franchise stars, Mike Conley and Mark Gasol, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. So naturally, I hear this news and immediately go to the trade machine like any good NBA fan. And I came up with a bunch of potential ideas. We're not we're not going to spend like a lot of time discussing every one. We're just kind of going to run down some of these potential landing spots and talk about why they may or may not make sense. 
And I think we could start with Conley, and I think we could start with Indiana. So before we even get into the specifics, do you think it makes sense for Indiana to at least sniff around? Mike Conley? Mm-hmm. 31-year-old Mike Conley. <laughs> yep. No. Okay. The only reason I say potentially mm-hmm. is because of all the free agents. Like, if you're not confident that you're going to be able to retain a lot of these guys and you want some sort of stability, then maybe it makes sense to go for Conley. But, but to I, what end, though? What's the end game? Yeah, that, I mean, I agree. Uh, that's what a lot... Like, I was trying to find landing spots for both Conley and Gasol, and I frankly think it's kind of easier to do it for Gasol than for Conley. A lot. Yeah. A lot because, you know, there just aren't that many teams that need a starting point guard at this point. Mm-hmm. And, like, there will be some that will this summer, if depending on what happens, but... Yeah, like Conley's 31 and has a lengthy history injury injury history of his own. Right. So that's not a great selling point. My idea was something like Conley to the Pacers for for salary matching purposes at least. It would be Tyreek, Collison to give them a point guard, Kylo Quinn and then whatever else like if they need to throw in a heavily protected first rounder, a lightly protected Oof. second rounder. I don't even think they should have to. I mean for Memphis you're getting a lot of salary relief if you want it, because Tyreek and Collison and O'Quinn are all expirings. So you're getting off of Conley's salary, but that's also probably a like I don't know that it makes sense for either team. Oh man, so I'm 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 in a way different camp than you regarding like what Memphis can get back for Conley and Gasol. Yeah, because I don't think that anyone gives up a first rounder. For for you know a thirty one year old point guard with an, like you said an injury history and with that type of contract, yeah I don't either. I, but I, and that's why I think that deal for like Memphis, if you're only getting expirings, that deal doesn't make sense because you're not getting anything to build around long term. Right. And, and for that's Indiana. I don't know why you're giving. You're not giving up like Aaron Holiday or TJ Leaf or anything like that. Exactly. So he, he, from my point of view, Memphis have to look at both Conley and Casales' contracts, not as players. Yeah. In that sense, and I, I don't think you can go out and say, you know, I, I understand that Mike Conley is an, is an asset because he's a, you know, all-star caliber point guard. Right. But there are just the surrounding things, you know, contract, injury, history, age. Those just drag his value down significantly. So mm-hmm. I, I actually only came up with one trade okay. that involved Conley. And the, so basically what I'm doing here is I'm taking on more money. Mm, okay. For an unprotected pick. Ooh. Because I'm taking on a a boatload of more cash. Okay. And this is all through the mindset of building around Jaron Jackson Jr., remember? Because this uh-huh. you know, th- this should be the the key focus. Like everyone is so busy looking at it from, oh, what should Memphis get for Conley and Gasol and whatever? No, that's that shouldn't be the point of view. The point of view should be how do we build around Jaron Jackson Jr.? Correct. That should be the way they we look at it. Yeah. And that's so. I wrote an entire piece on on Patreon, my Danish Patreon, which is open for all the Danes that's listening in. You can go read that one. And the deal that I found was Mike Conley for Andrew Wiggins and Minnesota's completely unprotected 2019 pick. Oof. Right. Oof. I get that. <laughs> I get that. But yeah. I'll tell you why. Okay. After this season, Andrew Wiggins has 121 million dollars left on his contract. Right. So that's not. 
I mean, that's a, that's a significant amount of money, mm-hmm. and it's going to cost Memphis on contracts alone sixty four point six million. Yeah, by making this trade, like in long term money, mm-hmm. that is why the pick should be unprotected. So basically, Minnesota goes, all right, we do give up a gamble because there right. is a there is a way we could get Sion, but we can get out of the Wiggins deal. And we get a point guard in here who will help accelerate the development of a Carter Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest here, Jeff Teague is not, should we say, the optimal point guard to put next to Towns? Yeah, and he's like been Conley would a lot. be. Yeah, Conley would be. Mm-hmm. Like he's defensively inclined. He will mm-hmm. let you know if you don't pick up defensively. Like he yeah. will let you know. And he has so much knowledge about how Marcus All plays defense as well that he will actually go in. And, and affect that situation in Minnesota as well, going to Carl Anthony Towns like, hey, li- listen, big guy, I used to play with Marcus Gasol. Listen, look at what he did. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. As well as the fact that he's not a selfish gunner. Like, mm-hmm. he is a very unselfish player by nature. And, and you know, a teacher, I mentioned, he, ha- he has the age and the wisdom to really drive forward Carl Anthony Towns. So Minnesota basically gets some cap flexibility, and they get a guy who can come in and turn Carl Anthony Towns into what he should have been all along. Hmm. By giving up a a very small chance, a yeah. very small, almost <laughs> insignificant chance of Sion Williamson. Right, right. So here here are my one question, two questions, at least one question is what Go do you do it. with what do you do with Teague? Flip him. So what if Memphis says we want to include Chandler Parsons in the deal? We'll give you Jeff Teague as well. Minnesota says, well, so it'd be something, whatever you need to match the salaries, I'm not sure off the top of my head. You'd probably have to throw in like Jared Bayless or something, or maybe Anthony Tolliver gets it done. But it would be Mike Conley and Parsons for Wiggins and Teague and whatever you need. Salary matching wise, so T can opt out of his contract this year, right? Yeah, he's owed nineteen million player option for 2019-2020. Right. So there's a so basically, that's a tough one because if you're Minnesota, you're probably hoping that Teak does opt out so you can get off the cap hold. Yeah. And nineteen million isn't enough to the point where you go, oh, Teak is going to pick that up. Obviously, mm-hmm. Teak is going to pick that up. Right. Had had it been like twenty nine million, <laughs> everyone would know. Okay, Teak is going to pick that option up. Yeah. And then it would kind of be written in stone. Mm-hmm. So Minnesota would look at it like we we don't want to give up Teak for something that is, you know, more money on the cap because Chandler Parsons is not going to give up a dime in all of this. No. Yeah. But we can get rid of Teak's contract by this summer. So I right. think they would bulk at that. But I mean, it's it's definitely a discussion. And yeah. just a brief shout out to Sam Amick of the Athletic, who did like a major piece on the trade deadline in general and how mm-hmm. tough it is to complete trades. Yeah. So you know that we're sitting here spitballing. That's <laughs> right. all fine and well, right. but like it, it was said that usually like there's a trade done for every one thousand fold calls or, yeah. or oh, more. Sure. So like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I get the idea of just expanding the trade so it makes sense. Right. The thing is, what's What's attractive for Memphis here is that 2019 pick. Yeah. And yes, they would have to pay up a boatload of cash to get it. Right. And they would have to take on Wiggins. And, you know, I've been negative about Wiggins for a long time, but I will say this. It's not like they're getting a 
player who can't produce. Like, yeah. Wiggins himself is still young. He's athletic. And he will put up, like, seven, between 17 and 21 points a game. Yeah, so he, you're not he could getting, be their Harry B. He could be their Harry B for a while. That's right. So I, I think that's kind of the major components of the deal. But w- what were your thinking, like, in terms of, like, including Parsons, just to get him hell out of Dodge? Yeah, well, because Memphis clearly doesn't want him. I mean, they've right. sent him home, and they're trying. I think I saw at least someone, Shams or Stein or someone, was reporting that like they would love to if they're gonna dump Conley or Gasol, and I was assuming it would have to be Conley because Gasol might be an expiring that they'd like to get out of Parsons' deal too. Now, for I agree, Minnesota probably box at that just because they I don't think they include their unprotected pick if you have to take on Parsons back as well. Oh yeah, no they don't. They they yeah. won't absolutely not. And so like if you get Conley, if you're Minnesota, you get Conley, then you can turn around and try to flip Teague to like Orlando apparently still thinks it can make the playoffs. So like Orlando's going to make a dumb deal for a point guard. That's, yeah, why not Teague? That's my bold prediction heading into the trade deadline. Orlando is going to make a very dumb deal for of course. point guard. Yeah, and so, for Teague, that's fine. I mean, you can... Yeah. yeah, yeah, you could probably pill for, like, Jonathan Isaac from them as well. <laughs> we have, like, one Magic fan left listening to <laughs> Do they have a single fan left? Does that team yeah. have a fan left? Oh, that's a good <laughs> But I, I get what you're saying, but here's the thing. I... Yeah, that that is exactly why I didn't want to include like a, a larger package. Yeah, like you can't dump dump those guys off in that sense. You need to be able to just take on bigger contracts and bigger money just so you can get picks in, mm-hmm. and because that should be that should be the priority. Like Jaron Jackson Jr. is what nineteen years old. Right. Like right now is not the time to go for you know veterans or whatnot like no you get it right from the very start he's clearly an a franchise caliber talent like the the focus here is draft picks if that means having a ton of horrible contracts on your cap sheet for three to four years fine so be it doesn't yeah. matter no I, i'm right with you i i think that's the approach memphis should take i don't think that's the approach they will take no, and I don't care about I, what they will do because we can right. talk about that later on in this very podcast, and then I can sit here and laugh at them if that's right. the case. Because I like I came up with a couple other potential deals for them. One, like if you send Conley to Utah, they could offer Rubio's expiring, Derek mm-hmm. Favors, who has a non guaranteed contract for twenty nineteen twenty twenty, and then whatever else, a heavily protected first or something like that. That's an option. I don't think it helps Memphis long term. But if they're just looking for cap relief for whatever reason, I, I think in general, your point is right. Like if you're about to enter a rebuild, there is no point. The only point in getting cap relief is so you can have that cap space to take on bad contracts later and get an asset. But why not yeah. just kill two birds with one stone, send out Conley and take on a bad contract and get an even better asset because you're helping a team with a productive player right now. Like this is your right. one chance with like real leverage to yep. really get a good asset. So like unless Utah's willing to pony up an unprotected first with that, I don't think it makes sense for Memphis. For Utah, that's a great deal. But I so I mean that's probably a non starter unless Utah's willing to give up an unprotected first, you agree? Mm-hmm. I but here's the thing about Utah though. 
they need those picks. They need yeah. to have a chance to get a difference maker in there. Like we saw what they got with Donovan Mitchell at 13. Yeah. So they need and they need to make another home run because they're too good to be in the deep lottery. Mm-hmm. So and they were not really a free agent destination. Right. Like let's just say it like it is because yeah. that's just not the way they are they are. Right. And being able to get a rookie who can actually come in and be something is it's just so crucial, especially for them. Like someone who's cheap and will be cheap for four years at the, at the very least, mm-hmm. who can be productive. And also, there's that added luxury of when you have a draft pick in the first round, you can more or less choose your skill set in terms of the guy that's coming in because you have a wide selection of players you can choose from. Right. And given how this Utah Jazz team does need a little bit more offense, especially guys who can create, Mm-hmm. They can find guys in the draft like that. They may have to reach at some point, and they may have to take a guy a little bit earlier than he may should have. But look, you do what you have to do. Yeah, I, the one thing about Conley that helps Utah is that he signed through next year, and then he's got a massive uh, player option or early termination option. Either way, he—I forget—it's like thirty-five million. I want to mm-hmm. say. For the or no thirty four point five point four yeah yeah for the twenty 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 one season, but that lines up with when Gobert's contract expires and it's right before Donovan Mitchell's extension would kick in, so yeah. financially it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because if you get Conley you're you're not going to have cap space next summer anyway, right? So it I mean that's not going to matter. But as you said, Utah is probably not like Kevin Durant's not going to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's yeah. let's just say it like it is, right? I mean, yeah. when when have Utah ever been a free agent destination? So you right. need to just take those things into account. Like if you're trading Conley to to a different team where you know they had a somewhat rich history of getting free agents, like that would be a different matter altogether. Yeah. But yeah, just giving up major assets, especially future assets, for a guy who's 31 has an injury history and that contract attached to him, it's just too risky. So, a lot of people on Sixers Twitter, when this came out, immediately proposed Conley to Philly for Fultz, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, and, I mean, potentially a pick, but maybe not even, because, in theory, you could sell Memphis on, like, oh, Markel Fultz was the number one pick a year ago, he's totally healthy, he could shoot, here's a video from July where he hit one jump shot. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that makes sense for either side? Uh, I mean, no. Yeah. I just, I look again. It's about lining up age. Right. Conley's thirty-one. Embiid is what twenty-four. Yeah, and Simmons is but twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah, and I get the whole Jimmy Butler angle, but like that, right. even that was kind of a stretch. Right. Like the whole point in Philly is to create a long-term window, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you have two major components in Ben Simmons and Mike Conley, and there's a nine eight nine years age difference like how does that line up like then sure they're gonna be good this year they're already good this year and he right. and adding Conley obviously will move the needle i mean mm-hmm. let's not pretend it wouldn't but is that a clear-cut championship contender right no that that's my thinking here is like i get it and be you always have to live with that in the back of your mind like if he gets hurt the window shuts immediately yeah so, like, I, I understand 
the desire to make an all-in push right now. But as you said, those guys are still, Simmons and Embiid are still young. If, I mean, I just don't think there's a move they can make this year that puts them past this year's Warriors. I Like, I, I don't think you have to punt on this year. Like, they're clearly not. They traded for Jimmy Butler already. But I also don't think you have to burn every single remaining asset you have to right. get a guy who, as you said, doesn't factor into the long-term plan. And, like, we've talked about it before, how it's it's just very difficult to build well around three guys on max contracts, much less four. And Ben Simmons mm-hmm. becomes eligible for an extension this July that we kick in next summer. Like, if you trade for Conley, all you're going to have is a non-taxpayer mid-level exception, and then, you know, the bird rights on whichever free agents you have. So it's going to be really hard to get a good bench. It depletes you of depth this year. I just don't think it makes sense for really either side. I mean, if if Memphis sells itself on Fultz being the answer, maybe, but I think he has too much uncertainty. So mm-hmm. I don't think that moves the needle. Um, Conley to Dallas for Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews. No. I think you would need to include J.J. Barea for salary matching, even though he's out yeah. for the, you know, he's hurt. But, yeah, that doesn't do it for me either. The one, Orlando is interesting, I think. Really? And, well, because Orlando, I think, as I said, is going to make a dumb move for a point guard. So I don't think it makes sense for Orlando to trade for him. But I think if Memphis is trying to get something good in return... All Orlando's right. the place you can go because you could get like Aaron Gordon, DJ Augustine, and something. Or if you're also going to trade Gasol, go for Vucevic, Jonathan Isaac, and Augustine. <laughs> so basically, your entire idea surrounding the Magic is, hey, <laughs> let's go to Orlando because we can we can just fleece them. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right. So if we use that perspective, fine. I get it. But if you're looking at it from Orlando's perspective, and if they're, you know, rational and logical about this whole thing, right? Like again, it just doesn't make sense. There are very few teams in the league where it makes sense to add a 31 year old point guard, right? With that type of contract. Yeah, because like the teams that need a point guard, Orlando, Phoenix, the Knicks, are nowhere near. The, I mean, at least Phoenix and the Knicks are being re, like, they're mm-hmm. they're aware that they are so far away from playoff contention that they should not be trading for a 31-year-old point guard. I I really think Orlando might not be. So I think that should be your first call if you're Memphis. It's like, will you include some combination of Aaron Gordon or Jonathan Isaac or Mo Bamba even in a Conley deal? If so, let's talk parameters. Mm. I mean, make the call, but yeah. I'm... T- you know, when you really think about it, it's it's so difficult. Even for teams that aren't lacking a point guard, even good teams where you could actually get a maybe an upgrade on the point guard position, like just that contract is so difficult to acquire because you have right. to send out so much so many so much cash and right. so so much talent, like where you think about Dude, this, is it even worth it? Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811 select styles excludes in-store clearance. 
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clothes. Yeah. And and I he I don't know. That's why I think we need to look at Conley more so as a contract. Right. Well let's flip gears and now go to Gasol. Because he is signed this year. He has a twenty five point six million dollar player option next year. He has not given an indication yet as to whether he plans to accept or decline it. There is some buzz from Mark Stein that people around the league think he's gonna decline it as well he probably should. Uh, just because he can lock in a long-term deal this summer. And as we've said before, the supply and demand of there's going to be not that many top-tier free agents and a bunch of teams with enough cap space for a max, and they're going to overpay that second-tier guys. Mark Gasol probably wants to get in on that. So you could treat him as an expiring, or you can pretend he's going to be there for 2019-20. But either way, at least one year shorter than Conley. I think my favorite idea so far is Gasol to Toronto. For Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, and whatever else you need to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that is one of those deals that kind of came out of nowhere because you didn't really consider Toronto as a destination. Mm-hmm. But it, it totally makes sense. You know, a defensive-oriented center who can pass and shoot threes would fit perfectly well in with you know playing alongside Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam, Kawhi Leonard. And and really, Kawhi is 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 the major thing here. Is he healthy or is he not healthy? Because right. if he's not, it, this makes no sense whatsoever to go out and get Marcus All. But if the if there isn't an issue with his quad and if he's all okay and, and can play, yeah, this is this is the type of move that actually puts them, I would say, straight into the finals. Yeah, right. I mean that that's. The question, as you said, is, like, Kawhi has now missed four straight games. They're saying it's still just, like, rest, load load management, whatever. But we've been down this road with Gasol before, or with uh, Kawhi before, that we have to at least, like, raise an eyebrow when it's this many games missed. But at the same time, you know, the, the Raptors are still not 100% sure they're going to be able to retain Kawhi beyond this year. Like, this may be their one and only shot to go to the finals. Because if Kawhi yep. leaves, they're toast. I mean, you know, they'll they'll still make the playoffs because it's the East. But, like, they're about to enter a very painful rebuild if Kawhi leaves. So this is the type of move that I think you at least consider if you're just saying, like, all right, we, we just have to go completely all in here. Yeah. And, and besides, I mean, you know, Valanciunas is not being used a whole <laughs> right. lot. I right. mean, he, it's not like he's averaging 25, 30 minutes a game. Yeah. And, and to his credit, like, he's he's good enough to actually warrant those minutes. Yeah. So getting him into Memphis might actually not be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I agree. That could, that uh, could unleash him a little bit. Yeah. All right, well, if it, Toronto doesn't make that move, I think there are still a few other places that might bite on Gasol. One of them, I think, might be Sacramento. <laughs> Well, because, again, Sacramento is like a team like Orlando where you're like, you're not going to win a title, but you've just missed the playoffs for so long and you have positive momentum for the first time in what feels like forever. You might just make a win-now move. 
The question is, do you think you can retain Willie Cauley-Stein this summer? If so, maybe you don't make this move. If not... He's a restricted free agent, right? Right. So but you it's like, can. Yeah, but like, do you, do you think he's going to get such a big offer that you aren't going to want to? Because you could include him. Either mm-hmm. way, you have Zach Randolph's expiring contract. So if Memphis wants salary relief, that's great. And also you bring Zebo back to Memphis. Every Memphis fan is going to be excited about that. You can include Scott Labissieri as the long-term piece that you put next to Jaron Jackson Jr. And then you could either include Willie Cauley-Stein, which you probably don't do if you're Sacramento just because he's played so well. Or you could put mm-hmm. in Costa Kufis, who will give Memphis a short-term stopgap at center. And then, you know, it doesn't... Sacramento doesn't care about losing Costa Kufis if you're getting Mark Gasol. Yeah, I mean, I get the logic of this, but I think Sacramento is going for a wing. I think that's their whole narrative. I don't think they're even going to consider a Mark Gasol trade. Then we'll move to San Antonio. Yeah. (laughs) A Gasol for Gasol swap. The second one. Yeah, well, yeah, you have to throw in... I mean, maybe Jakob Pertl... I don't think you're throwing in Murray, even though he's hurt. Cause no. I mean, no. Oh, my God. Even Jakob Pertl is kind of like, really? A stretch, yeah. Well, I, I, the only reason I say even bring up Murray is because Derek White has been playing so well this year. But mm-hmm. still, I mean, that's the problem with the Spurs is they just don't have many long-term pieces that would interest Memphis aside from Pertl might. And then it's like White, but you can't give him up because he's your starting point guard or Murray. Or Lonnie Walker, I guess. Yeah, no. No. like No, it doesn't even make sense. Even though Gasol would immediately be their best three-point shooter. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. But, but like, is the, is the entire point not combining Mark with Powell? Like, just... Yeah. Well, because they did once the before. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, oh. But, like, I don't know how oh. you make yeah, salaries you match. Yeah. You can't. you can't. Yeah, that's the problem. But, no, mm-hmm. I, I think... I mean, the, the point is that Powell is washed, and you don't want to pay him that much money. Uh, okay, let's try the Clippers. And it, this depends entirely on how Memphis values Jerome Robinson. But you could do something like Gortat, Jerome Robinson, Luke Mbamute, mm-hmm. a pick, a somewhat protected pick if if needed. No. No, no they're, for they're who? Going... For the Clippers, I mean, look, they're trying to, to, to make sure that they have cap space this, this summer. If Mark picks up his option, then yeah. that's a no-go. Like, hey, Kawhi and, and KD, <laughs> we're really looking forward to having you, but Mark, that sucker, he <laughs> picked up his option. So, yeah. who knew? Yeah. You could always possibly trade him later or just sell. You know, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, there's just such a hassle. There's, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. no, I, I, I just don't see the upside. And again, Gasol is going to be 34. Like, yeah. The, Memphis really, they they really have a quite the t- challenge ahead of them with those two guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, older guys, big contracts, not going to get better. They're only going to decline. It's <laughs> it's just not pretty. But let me hear your LA uh, Lakers take here. Okay. I'm ready for it. Gasol to the Lakers. And this, this one's tricky because it's really hard to make matching salaries. <laughs> so you have to include KCP for the salary match. Mm-hmm. I mean, John, I'm in so far. 
Josh Hart is... Oh, I'm out. You're out of, If you're who? The Lakers or the Grizzlies? Lakers. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to include one... Because the other... You have to include Beasley and Lance just to make salaries match, or Rondo, but then you just legit don't have a point guard because LeBron's still hurt and Lonzo Ball's hurt. Yeah, well... So unless I mean, you want, like, point Ingram for the next month. <laughs> it's the Lakers. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, they have LeBron. I, I have no sympathy left for the Lakers. Like, they have LeBron James. Whatever right. they need, just ask LeBron to do it. It's fine. Also, for the Lakers, the same point for the Clippers applies to the Lakers. If Gasol picks up his option. Oh, sorry, yeah. Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. We know you wanted to reunite here. But unfortunately, Mark Gasol is here. Yep. On a side note, that's my new conspiracy theory. Because there is... A, I don't know if you guys read the Shams uh, article for DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, with DeMarcus Cousins. He like, interviewed him about his return earlier this mm. week. And there was some like offhand comment about... You know, like he's like, oh yeah, me and Anthony Davis talk all the time about how it's effed up that we got broken up, but like you'll never know what happens. We'll wait for the future, yeah. which makes me think like, uh oh, the Lakers have cap space this summer, and they're gonna try to trade for Anthony Davis. Hmm, I wonder where Demarcus Cousins is going. So, man, I those two were fun. I mean, yeah. that's they were only together for like sixty games or something, and I don't, not that's not even counting injuries, so maybe right. even less than that. But, I mean, that was such a fun team to watch. Yeah. Now add LeBron James. <laughs> I don't... I actually don't want to because what that was... It was fun to see Boogie and Brow just kind of have the volume. Right. They still might, though. I mean, because, I, like, you're going to have to train Right, because Chris Bosh and Kevin Love, they actually <laughs> retained their usage rate when they were combined with LeBron James. That's but right. LeBron's old now. He's probably going to take a month Don't off care. every year. He's like he's, he, he's doing what like WWE superstars do. Like John Cena is injured, quote unquote, but really he's filming like the Marine 9. LeBron's just filming a movie right now. Yeah, His maybe. His injury is fake. Look, <laughs> I I've said repeatedly and I'm going to return to this. I'm not I don't ever want to see Anthony Davis team up with LeBron simply because, you know, AD needs to be his own man and yeah. co- coming to a team and then starts averaging like 17 and 9 because yeah. LeBron is taking it. No, that's. I don't want that. I like the 30 and 13. Counterpoint Imagine the first time LeBron subtweets DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're reeling me in here. You're actually reeling me in. That would be fun. Like, first would be fun. Arthur yeah. Fist meme. It yeah. would be so good for the next week. It would just. That's that's the dream. Yeah, because right. Boogie's not backing down. No, yeah. Boogie's just going to literally fight him in practice the next time. Yep. Yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, God. That could actually be one guy who could challenge LeBron a little bit, which I, w- I would actually appreciate that. We have not had enough LeBron's had beef with a teammate stories in his career. Yeah. We could use Delonte one. Delonte West, so that was it, right? Yeah, because he did you know <laughs> yeah. something that I should repeat here. Yeah. Right. Allegedly had relations. Allegedly. <laughs> Okay, so the Lakers are out. Let's try Washington. Marcus Saul, and you have to include Omri Caspi for salary matching here, for Otto Porter Jr. and Dwight Howard. Otto Porter Jr. is a good player. He's he's overpriced, but he's yep. good, and he's become undervalued now because he's had a bad year. And mm-hmm. there were some articles talking about his lack of leadership and 
yada yada yada. He's a good player. He's what, twenty five? Uh yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, so twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. I mean, if 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 he had been a couple years younger, I would have said yes. Because yeah. he could have been a long term piece next to Jaron ja- Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. But I, I really think it's crucial that you kind of make sure that the guys that you're getting in is like within four years of each other, like or within four years of Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely crucial because when you go the route of getting someone in who is significantly older, you know what's what's really the point? Because then when Jaron Jackson Jr. becomes like 24, 25, starts entering his prime, you know his teammates are in their early to mid thirties. Like, what does that help anything? Right. Yeah, I agree. So let, my last idea, and I know you have a similar one. Yes. Is the Charlotte Hornets. Mine was Gasol to Charlotte for Biombo and Malik Monk. Biombo, because he's a bad contract, and at mm-hmm. least it gives Memphis a center to plug in next to Jaron Jackson. Right. Here's the here's my concern with that. Mm-hmm. Or not concern, but there, there's really no reason for Charlotte to do this in terms of the financials at play. Right. Because if Gasol uh, picks up his option, you know he, they're actually adding more money to the cap mm-hmm. because Biombo has a player option of say seventeen million this year. Yeah, that could he that he could up it out out up and and question is like will he? I don't think he will. <laughs> right, something tells he, me no one's gonna pay Bismack Biombo yeah. seventeen million dollars. I I think he sticks that, but I think yeah. the the guy that you should look at is, is Nick Batum. Yeah. My, my, before we go to Batum, the only reason I say Biombo is because for, I mean, Memphis is clearly not, it, it's still less money, but you're like not pumped to get him. But right. Char, Charlotte's reasoning is like, hey, we need to convince Kemba to resign. And a 34 year old center does that? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's going to help them win this year. Yeah, more this than, year. More than Bismack Biombo is. Yeah, this year, then he yeah. might opt out this summer. Isn't that the most quintessential Charlotte move? A win now <laughs> move. It doesn't help their long term future. Yeah, I know. I know it is, but I'm I've decided to be positive and think about like more progressive for both teams kind of mentality. I know that teams will make really dumb moves. I know you're you're trying you're being too kind. You're, I am. I'm being too logical. Are, yeah, you're assuming yeah. these teams are acting. I, you're lucky I didn't include the Bulls in either of these. Oh, I, I would love to see that because they, <laughs> they could they could truly do it. But yeah. here's the thing, though. They're too busy acquiring Ennis Kanter right now. So, oh, for Jabari. For Jabari. Yeah. Could, and, and, and obviously, you know, Jim Borlin is getting aroused of the thought <laughs> that he could just put Ennis Kanter in post-ups oh. 25 times a game. Oh my God, what a terrible team. All right, why, it's, why it's going to happen, by the way. But, but why Batum? I'll tell you why. Because this is where you actually get the asset. There's no way that Malik Monk is being involved in a trade when the money is that similar. I don't mm-hmm. think they're they are willing to move Malik Monk for you know just the idea of having Marcus All. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what it comes down to. Now, if the idea is to get Marcus All and get out of Nick Batum's long term contract that is you know a year longer, mm-hmm. now Monk is more you know movable in that sense mm-hmm. and for memphis this makes additional sense they actually get a guy who can handle the ball 
and who can pass. And then they get Monk, who is a prospect and, you know, a young guy who can grow into, like, a scorer. Batum is also kind of washed, even <laughs> though he's only, like, 30 or 31 Correct. or whatever. Yep. But he can't play, he can't pass the basketball. He can uh-huh. still shoot a little bit. And there is a component to him that is, you know, a, a non-selfish player. So he can come in and kind of take over that role of just being a mentor to Jaron Jackson Jr., make sure that he puts in a lot of pick-and-roll plays with him, and then you have Malik Monk developing simultaneously with all that. Mm-hmm. Memphis, of course, like buys Malik Monk. That's yeah. the whole point. Like they just by taking on that additional year of yeah uh, of Batum, obviously, that's their payment. That is yeah. Malik Monk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I like the idea. I think, like, the overall reason I wanted to walk through as many of these trades as possible today is to point out just how hard it is to find a... The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer. This might be your new favorite. You're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. A logical location for either one of these players? Yes. Like, it's, I mean, it's hard. As you said, it depends on what Memphis is trying to accomplish in return. The correct mm-hmm. response should be, we don't care about long-term money. We'll take your bad right. contracts. Just give us young players to be, like on the same developmental timeline as Jaron Jackson Jr. and give us more picks. Right. What they, what they will end up doing is give us salary cap relief that we will then spend on free agents that won't move the needle and like we'll be a 30-win team for the next five years. That's so I mean, sad. But it's yeah. true. And like, yeah. that's, you know, we were advocating. I remember last year after Conley went down, Gasol started getting grumpy and was like, yep. we, that's when we were like, hey, uh, <laughs> it might be time to trademark Gasol. Like, I remember we had I, probably a full episode heading into last year's trade deadline, at least a full segment where we said, like, hey, they should at least be looking around this. And we, after the deadline, when they didn't do it, we said that was a missed opportunity. We said they should do it leading up to the draft. Like, this is the risk. You know, and, and I understand it's a small market team. They're not going to be a big free agent destination. These guys are franchise legends. They've been there for 10, 11 years now. It's painful to do this kind of thing. But I look at a team like the Celtics that made a very similarly painful decision when they gave up Paul Pierce, KG, and in that Brooklyn deal, that at the time, remember Bill Simmons' reaction to that deal? Like it was, he was on TV that night. He was doing the yeah. draft, and he was like just miserable and furious about it. And yeah. I get it, but like look at, it, just fast forward six years, and look at what that deal 
did to the Boston Celtics future. Like, it set them up to contend for the next decade. That's the risk you run when you don't sell early, when you wait a year too late before being a year too early on trading these guys. If you have Mark Gasol and he has a year and a half left on his deal, it's much easier to get to sell a team on, hey, this isn't just a three-month rental, but, like, this guy, hey, Lakers, this guy can help you, like, be a competitive team, and then you could be a free agent destination in 2018. You right. don't have to rely on LeBron just wanting to make movies to get there. That that point though about that specific trade, the thing was it was expected that the Brooklyn Nets would actually be a playoff team for at least two years. Right. So you know Boston fans knew that they would get something. They just yeah. had no idea. Well, no one did. Not <laughs> right. Boston, like none of us did. Right. Had any idea that it would turn into. This type of profit, actually, yeah, yeah. when you look at it uh, from that perspective, so it, it's easy to look at that and go, "Oh, yeah, here's what you should do." But I mean, all the stars were aligned, yeah, from, from that trade. Like Kevin Garnett's decline happened from one year to the other. Mm-hmm. That just coincided to be that particular year, right? I mean, so I get it. I get what your point is, and. I do agree that you need to move on before the, the general value of a player just lessens to a degree where the player actually had value to become actually untradeable. Right. But how do you t- determine that? Like Mar- Marcus All is one of those rare guys who's probably going to be somewhat effective for the next two or three years because mm-hmm. he's a below the rim player. He's still seven foot two, like two hundred and what eighty pounds. Yeah. And he can still shoot. I mean, it's not like he—it's not like he needs to have lift on his jump shot. <laughs> right, bar- right, right. He barely <laughs> raises himself from the floor. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's—it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. I'm not overly optimistic that Memphis is going to walk away with a lot if their expectation level is, "Hey, we're going to get both young guys and draft right. picks, and like we're going to get like a treasure trove." No, no. right. You're not. You're absolutely not. If you're coming into this with that mindset, then you've done messed up. Yeah. The only way you get it is, again, if you take on a horrible... If you right. take on Kevin Love, you might be able to get something good in return. If That's why I mentioned Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, otherwise it's... If you take on John Wall... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like stuff like that. Can, yeah. can I just go back to the Wiggins thing? Just because I want to ask you this. Uh-huh. We didn't really go into it all that much. Do you think that being able to take, what was it, 64.6 million off Minnesota's cap, mm-hmm. do you think that's enough money for Minnesota to get off that cap so to relinquish their pick unprotected? I would think so. Because that's a lot of money. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, teams have given up the going rate for a, first, a protected first round pick is usually about 10 to 15 million. Mm-hmm. But 64 is a lot of money. It is, and, right? And if you're just like sure that Wiggins is not that guy, you've got Okogi, you have Covington. I would think right. it's at least worth... Yeah, and like, if you're Minnesota also, you're still not, no matter how bad you get for the rest of the year, and I don't, like Conley will help you this year, so I don't think you would get much worse. Uh, you're still not going to catch up to the four bad east teams and you're not going to catch up to phoenix so at worst you're going to enter the lottery with the sixth best odds or sixth worst odds however you want to 
Look yep. at it. The sixth worst record in the league. That's that. That's the floor for any team right now going into the trade deadline. That's not already tanking actively. Is all right. So the sixth. You said the sixth worst team. Worst yeah. team. Yeah. All right. That would have a nine percent chance of winning the lottery. Yeah. Meaning a ninety-one percent chance to not get Zion. Right. And at that point. I mean, if it's to clear Andrew Wiggins, I, I guess it it could come back to bite you, but it's at <laughs> least worth, yeah. I mean, it's at least worth considering, I would think. Cause, also, because Conley signed for at least one more year. So, like, if yeah. Minnesota wants to still be somewhat competitive next year and they don't know what's going to happen with Teague, that gives you a Covington, Sarge, Gibson, Towns, Conley to build around, a Kogi. Right. But, I yeah, I, I think... For the the toughest part for Minnesota is really the PR issue. Yeah, <laughs> like you would have to salary dump Andrew Wiggins while giving up a draft pick. Right, right, right. Like the fan like, base will look at that and go, "What the hell happened?" Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's the tough part for Memphis too. When you're making these trades, is like again, I think that's the risk of having waited one year too long. Is you're probably not going to get the return you expect, or that like a casual fan will expect. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, you know, I think a large part of the reason that the process at least somewhat, like, there are a lot of Sixers bloggers and, like, Sixers writers, like, new age writers that were on board with the process from day one. Like, the old school Philly media was not, and then those takes yeah. aged predictably poorly. So I think a lot of Memphis people will be the same way. I'm sure there are a lot of Memphis people out there. I know Matt Moore of the Action Network is one of them. Who's like, you know, he's defended them not blowing it up for three years, but like when they lost by 20 to an Anthony Davis list Pelicans team on Martin Luther King Day, he's like, screw it. Like, it's everyone must go. Fire sale. Yep. Not only yep. these two, but like Garrett Temple's got to go. Like, everyone. Everyone except JJJ. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. the only guy who you should feel that strongly about keeping no matter what. But. The point about Memphis, too, is, you know, had they traded Gasol last year, I agree, it's tough to figure out, like, when to make this. But, like, they weren't going anywhere. They were a terrible team last year. Gasol gets grumpy. They finished one game ahead, or one game behind Phoenix, I believe, for the, in terms of the lottery standings. They were one pick away from Luka Doncic. Mm -hmm. Like, they still got Jaron Jackson Jr., which is great. I mean, he's... Either yeah. the second or third best prospect, depending on how you feel about DeAndre Ayton. Oh, second. I mean, it could yeah. even be first, depending on like how he ages. Yeah, but like Luca, yeah. I just think it's especially oh yeah, it's from, reach. And from like a marketing perspective, like I get it, Jaron Jackson's gonna be a great player one day, but like it's easier to market Luca Doncic is our franchise cornerstone than Jaron Jackson right. Jr. is our franchise cornerstone. Like yeah. it's just it's easier to market an offensively minded player than a defensively minded one. It's like why Rudy Gobert is not everywhere, even though he's the best defensive player in the league. Well, that, he's defensive minded now. In a year, that's you that's changing. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, look, he did have a thirty six point game. Yeah, that's true. Like the guy can score the ball, and he's a prolific three point shooter. It's just a matter of you know understanding where the shots come from. Like he was not great near the rim in college. I remember. Mm-hmm. I haven't really looked up his stats now, but I, there's there's a lot of room for potential or growth for yeah. Jared Jackson Jr. offensively, and I think 
undoubtedly he'll become one of the primary two-way players in the league. Yeah. So I, I, I have this thing. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be everything we thought Carl Anthony Towns would be. Mm. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Like we, we didn't we didn't anticipate Towns would become this great of a scorer this soon. Right. I'll give him that I'll give him that. Yeah. But like we also thought he would be a tremendous defender and <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. About that. Yeah. About that. So yeah. Well a guy who 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 may, you know, max out at like twenty two points but grab a ton of boards, block a ton of shots, yeah. play make a little bit, be the defensive anchor. I mean, I take that. I mean, it's definitely going to be fascinating to see how Memphis approaches these next two weeks. Well, obviously, I mean, between now and the trade deadline, it's going to be basically all trade talk from us with some all-star yep. stuff sprinkled in here and there. So, I mean, we'll we'll have another episode in a couple of days where we give our all-star reserves and talk about whatever trade buzz is percolating at the time. Uh, we'll also have, if Jabari Parker gets traded, we may be able to do an emergency podcast because I oh a live podcast yeah I, I just yeah. want to see your reaction when they trade when they give up a pick to get Ennis Cantor it's gonna be great oh uh, well they just they got two picks from Memphis that's true that's true so yeah <laughs> so in the meantime please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod you can find our Twitter handles in our bio as well uh, please follow us on iTunes you can subscribe download leave some five star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. Take care, man. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.